Welcome, everybody. Episode 11, Season 2 of the How You Say Podcast. My name is Boyd. And I'm AJ. And thank you so much for joining us on the special trade deadline edition of the How You Say Podcast. Uh, been kind of slow today, though, huh? Yeah, like, not many trades. Only one yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did we peak too early? It's possible. There have been a lot of in-season or mid-season trades so far, so maybe people just uh, stocked up a little earlier this year so that uh, they weren't waiting until the very last minute. Uh, certainly less drama, but uh, it sounds like people are pretty happy with their teams leading into the playoffs. So Yeah, they're pretty happy with their mediocre teams. Going <laughs> to lose to Coley. Well, well, we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, first let's get into the Week 10 matchups. So let's start off with uh, Landrew versus Bake, which turned out to be a fizzler again for Bake, where he's had a couple of bad weeks in a row, uh, only managing to score 61.4 points. Leal Andrew scoring a nice 109 and taking out the win. Big game from Derrick Henry on Randrew's side. Uh, not a whole lot else going on. Uh, you know, 17 from Dante Adams, nice to see. Uh, but on Bake's side, negative 1.5 out of David Johnson. Uh, yeah. Hardly any even double-digit performances. I mean, Jack Doyle and Mike Evans barely cracked 10 points, but just a bunch of snot on that yeah. side. Bake... You know, what we thought was one of the best teams coming out of the draft and still looks pretty talented, just has not performed this year. No. Like, I, I don't know why you would start, uh, like, Zach Pascal. I'm going to guess it's Zach Pascal. Sure, we'll go with that. Over Juju. That's a hard one to mess up. Well, sure, but, you know, Pascal facing the Dolphins, got to like that. But Juju takes one pass to, like, one pass to the house... 10 points. Well, let's not forget about Zach Pascal's ability to take one to the house. <laughs> yeah. He's a playmaker. Okay. Uh, moving on to another matchup with negative points scored. Uh-huh. It is the host with the most. Oh, yes. Not confirmed. Uh, versus Law. <laughs> Happened to win. It says on the internet that this guy is the host with the most. So I think uh, we have to believe it because nothing on the internet has ever been made up. Happened to win, even with a quarterback scoring negative one points. I tell you what. Again. My quarterback has scored negative points twice this year, and I won each of those matchups. I think I've stumbled onto uh, you know, an underutilized strategy, which is start a quarterback with negative points, because right now I'm undefeated when doing so. Okay, so you're not picking up another quarterback. <laughs> uh, well, I did pick up a quarterback on waivers, and I recently traded for a quarterback, so... Uh, we'll see. I, I feel like between the three of them, somebody's going to score negative points each week. And so I'm just, I am increasing my odds of being able to do that. Okay. The other thing I enjoyed is starting my quarterback against my own team defense, which is another strategy that I think maybe more people should uh, so, take into consideration. Interesting enough, each, is it either each interception or each sack? I think it's sacks. So a sack for the quarterback is negative half a point. Right. A sack for the defense is a whole point. Mm-hmm. So you just need two points there. So <laughs> sacks are good for the defense. Uh, turnovers are 
or I guess I should say sacks are good for my team. Turnovers yeah. are not good for my team because it's negative three yeah. for the offense. Well, no. Positive two fumbles. for the defense. Fumbles are not good. Well, but fumbles and picks are the same. Uh, Both negative three. Okay. But I mean, combined between the two, I got 23 points out of my quarterback and my defense. If you squint and you feel like, all right, well, Goff got 18, defense got five. That obviously looks a whole lot better, but you yeah. know the result is the same. So uh, <laughs> look forward to uh, the host with the most starting shitty quarterbacks and fantastic defenses the rest of the year. Yeah. You do have a choice about your lineup, which we can get into in this week's match. Yeah, absolutely. So then we move on to my matchup, which uh, now makes it so I have the most points scored against. Oh, you must be so proud of yourself. Yeah. Uh, the hard luck team of the competition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, even with trading away some scrubs for a lot of money, <laughs> I am still able to put up 126 points, which was the third highest score. Third high point on the, on the, on the week. On the week. Uh-huh. Um, Christina, though, put up 161. And as I called it last week, wins the weekly prize yeah, of the zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had some really big plays from Kyle Murray, Terry Kill, and uh, Michael Thomas. Whereas I had Dak and Mark Andrews doing me a solid, but no one else could crack 20 points. Especially my lightning back who decided to get knocked out <laughs> or injured again. Mm-hmm. So well, you, that's just Devontae Freeman doing Devontae Freeman things, you know? Yeah. But, oh well, always next year. All right, so you fall to 2-8. and eight. Christina rises to 7-3, and three, looking like a pretty formidable opponent, which is no surprise. We've been saying that for yep. weeks. Uh, I think she's got the best team in the league. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll go on record. Maybe that's a shock. Maybe it's not. She just scored 161, but... Yeah. Then we move on to Fandrew versus Eric. Mm-hmm. And this was a matchup which had a lot of playoff implications. Yeah. Right? And uh, Eric, it was like both teams didn't do well. Like Both teams severely underperformed. Uh, yeah. Eric was projected for 113, managed to get 88, uh, whereas Andrew projected for 105, only managed 62 points. A zero out of Cooper Cup. He wasn't even hurt. He just... Uh, was he not was tired able... from last week. That, that's probably what he it was. He was tired from yeah. last week. Uh, well, they had a bye last week, so I don't the know what he was before. doing last week, but uh, I guess, sure, he got 200 yards a week before that, so it takes yes. him three weeks to recover. Yeah, and even though, like, Wilson and Carson had five quarters to put up points, they still... Mm-hmm. Like, Carson puts up a reasonable 17, but not what Andrew was getting out of him, which were, like, 25 points, 50 points total. Well, between the three Seahawks, Wilson Carson and Metcalf, they were projected for about 50 points. My math served 40 points, and they only ended up with uh, 35. 35. So It uh, wasn't the Seahawks. Yeah. It was Cup plus Witten plus, I think, the defense probably. Defense and kicker. You never know what you're going to get, but they definitely did not yeah. help him out in this one. So... Uh, Fandrew falls to five and five. Eric rises to five and five. Makes the playoff chase very interesting. Mm-hmm. Another team uh, performing after getting rid of scrubs for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny's team beats uh, Barrett's list of names. Well, now Danny's team 
has been getting wins, it, you know, to go along with performing after trading all its stars. Your team is just scoring points, but not actually getting wins. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you predict Christian Kirk to go for almost a 40 burger? <laughs> like, I... That's why he won. Yeah. There's no, like, if you look at the rest of his team, it's like 10 from Breeze. That kind of sucks. Six, like 12 points total from his two running backs. That sucks. John Brown with a 10. Okay. Jameson Clowder with 16. That's not bad. And defense and kicker held up their end of the bargain. Yeah. Held strong. So, like, you have to feel sorry for a bit. Sometimes. Not right now. Mm, sometimes, yeah. She won the championship last year, so exactly. there will be no feeling sorry for her until maybe next year. Maybe. Uh, so Danny gets himself to 4-6, and six, only a game out of the playoffs. He's still selling. Did we, did we bury him too soon, or is this uh, just He needs false... to win the rest of his matchups. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not going to be easy for him. I I mean, honestly, we got playoff teams sitting at five and five right now. Uh, Danny sitting at four and six. Yep. Is it crazy to think that a team could go six and seven and sneak in the back end of the playoffs? Maybe if Coy, Christina, and Andrea run the table. Like, I don't know if they're playing each other or not, but yeah. like they run the table against everyone else. Maybe. Because then there'll be, like, I would say three teams who are sitting at, like, uh, plus 10. So well, 10 we've and got... 3, 11 and 2, 12 and 1. Yeah. Well, no... Well, I guess Corey could go 12 and 1. Probably not. But here's how the standings look. We got five teams at 6 and 4, and then two teams at 5 and 5, one team at 4 and 6. Uh, the, the two 5 and 5 teams, Andrew's got to play, I believe... Uh, Christina still. Uh, and then Eric has got to play real Andrew again. So is it conceivable that they, you know, lose a couple games? Maybe Danny gets in. Maybe they just have a slow week and, and all of a sudden six and seven gets in. I think it's possible. Yeah. So going to our marquee matchup, which yes. we sort of hinted at, uh, it was Corey, not the greatest team in the world. Mm-hmm. Versus Andrea's uh, Badger Train. And the Badger Train came out on top. Yeah. Uh, tough all-round matchup. High scoring. This is what we expected. Both quarterbacks went off. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 34 points. What you expected. Sneaky start by Andrea's um, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Getting 32 points. Mm-hmm. In need of a quarterback, because Stafford went down. I mean, he was questionable all week, but we didn't know until yeah. Sunday morning that he wasn't going to play. Uh, this did not go the way we thought. But, we, you know, we talked about this matchup. It was number one seed oh. <laughs> in the Mediocres versus number one seed in the Ballers. And she, Did I not call it? I do not believe you picked the upset here. We'll have to go I check the I... film. I but think I picked the upset. Corey had a 24-point projected advantage because yeah. uh, Andrea had injuries. She was not looking like she was going to be able to start her top lineup. She ended up starting Alex Erickson, uh, another waiver pickup, just before the gun, who only got 1.3 points. But, you know, pair that with Daniel Jones, she did pretty good. The funny thing is, she didn't even need those 32 points. She would have still won by point, like yep. five. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have started Jared Goff, and <laughs> no, well, she would have lost by half a point. She I guess, lost a uh, but maybe she starts a different person besides Alex Erickson. Maybe, uh, 
yeah. don't know. Like Vance? Some dude, yeah. No. Anyway, um, how she did it was CMC, doing, doing CMC things. Ronald Jones actually being productive, even with a fumble. Mm-hmm. And Cooper Cup, uh, not Cooper Cup, Amali Cooper. Yeah. Uh, back to Amali Cooper days of scoring 28. Then Kaleem Hunt, first game back, scoring a nice 10. Double digits. 23 out of the Ravens' D also helped. Yes. So now we got Corey with his first loss of the season. No undefeated season. Yeah. Uh, coincidence or not, happened the same week that the Niners lost their undefeated season. Yeah. Is it going to be that uh, he just packs it in now? Most it's likely. Like this is mm-hmm. this is his peak. Yeah. And he starts falling down the hill. Will Corey win another game? That yeah. is the question. And it's legitimate because, uh, you know, we're seeing cracks in the armor now. All right, moving ahead to week 11, uh, we'll talk briefly about waivers. Uh, we had one hot pickup this week, Brian Hill. Uh, a couple other bids, but uh, Brian Hill had six bids on him this week. Another one, uh, kind of like Ty Johnson or... Uh, Trying to remember maybe Mecole Hardman before him. Uh, a yeah. bunch of bids on the same guy. Went for $34 to yours truly. Host Very with the most. nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little annoyed. I was thinking I should have bet, bid more. Like, I didn't have anything else to spend it on. I should have just bid like fifth. Well, sure. I mean, we're getting into week 11 now. Yeah. You know, there's only five more weeks in the season and, you know, two more weeks before, uh, you know, you can't keep a guy. Granted, I'm probably not keeping Brian Hill for $34, but you never know. Maybe yeah. he's uh, the next David Johnson, and he just goes off yeah, uh, like, for the rest of the season. My whole plan was just to flip him. Mm-hmm. Flip him for like a few bucks, like three, four bucks, whatever people wanted to give me. It's yeah. Like, flip him. Maybe like flip him after one week. Well, I couldn't. It would have to have been this week. Well, it's a tough one because you got to spend a lot of fab to get him, which means that his keeper cost is going to be pretty high next year. So yes. the flip is really more for this year yeah. than for next year. So, so it's basically like if there's a on-the-cusp playoff team who's got a running back on by. Yeah. Uh, you need that one spot start. Maybe yeah. the guy with Saquon Barkley this week, for yeah. instance, uh, who only bid $12, mm. but did bid something. Um, yeah, I mean, my move was really more keep away than anything. I didn't want, you know... Eric picking this guy up and being able to start him and getting 20 <laughs> points and maybe getting a win. Or, you know, my opponent, maybe Holtzclaw picks him up and starts him against me. So, yeah. like, he, he probably doesn't find a spot in my stack lineup, but I didn't want anybody else getting him. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to note on waivers that I found uh, fascinating and highly entertaining is the hot new trend of waking up at 12.15 <laughs> in the morning to avoid waivers and get guys for free. This is... It happened a couple of times early in the season, and we mentioned it and thought it was pretty funny. But this is almost routine now for for me to look, you know, Wednesday morning I get up, I see if I got my guys, and I check out the timestamps and the transactions. And almost every single week, there's somebody that actually nails it. They get up about six minutes after waivers clear, and whoever they were hoping not to spend any fab on, they're able to get for free. Um, I've done it myself. Uh, Barrett's done it numerous times. Yeah. Uh, she may just never sleep. Who did it this week? Um, I don't know that we had one this week. I know that Barrett did it last week. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Barrett's done it a couple of times. Yeah. We may just call that move the Barrett. (laughs) 
Actually, the Barrett may be waking up at 12.15 to change your team name and then to add a player to your team for free because she's done that as well. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, uh, let's get into some trade talk. Uh, as we mentioned, today is trade deadline day. Uh, we have not had a single trade so far today, which has been highly disappointing after last year's trade deadline in which I couldn't get any work done because I was trying to keep up with all the trades. Um, but there were a couple earlier in the week. Uh, there have been three trades since our last podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's go through them one by one. Uh, first trade, Corey acquires Tevin Coleman for $12. And I believe there was a, a player that exchanged hands. But yeah. He was not interesting. So That's an interesting one because it's like both. Are, so this was from Danny. Mm-hmm. And both are 49ers fans. Yeah. So both believe in Tevin Coleman over Matt Belita. Which is interesting, because mm-hmm. Matt Burrito. 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 Or Burrito, yeah. I like that one. Matt Burrito. <laughs> has been performing better. Or at least more points. He's been good. He's also been Injured. hurt a lot. Yeah. Sure. And he's hurt now. Not that Coleman's immune to the injury bug, but... Yeah. But yeah, so it's just like, interesting. Corey's just wanting to show up his lining back, and mm-hmm. he thought Coleman was the best choice. Sure. From all of the others available uh-huh. on, like, Will's team, my team. Could have been Colonel Mustard. Why didn't they want to acquire that guy? Yeah. I mean, interesting from Corey's perspective, because he already had kind of a big three at running back. He's got Cook and Elliott and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so maybe an insurance play. Uh, maybe he is such a huge <laughs> Niners homer that he actually believes Tevin Coleman is better than one yeah. of those three. Hard to say. Was this before or after his loss? Uh, this was before. I believe he started Tevin Coleman in the loss. So is Tevin Co- Coleman a locker room cancer? It's entirely likely. Uh, definitely a curse has befallen Corey's team since he acquired yeah. Tevin Coleman. The Coleman curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, on the other side, you know, Danny's team is 1-0 since he traded away Tevin Coleman. Yeah. So. Uh, more, more logic and facts. Yes. Uh, do you feel like $12 is uh, proper compensation for a player of uh, Tevin Coleman's skill or lack thereof? So he's a $10 keeper, so $22 next year, yes, if he stays there. Mm-hmm. But they've got three running backs. Yeah. And who knows? Right? No one, like, that running back, that backfield is almost as bad as the New England backfield. And that you never know who's going to be the guy from week to week. Yeah. It's even worse because you know all of them are going to get looks. Whereas the New England backfield, you're like, okay, Michelle should get most of the looks. But maybe Burkhead gets the goal line touches. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the other trade that we had was Zach Ertz for $9. Mm -hmm. That was uh, me acquiring Zach Ertz. Uh, and you know what? It was interesting because, you know, Ertz hasn't been quite as dominant as he has in the past. No, you've picked up the long Eagles tied in. <laughs> he definitely has the less cool name. Dallas Go Dirt is, yeah. uh, Got up. Dirty Go Dirt. Uh, so I am banking on, uh, Zach Ertz returning to his previous dominance, uh, with a move like this. $9 is not a huge sum of money, mm-hmm. um, but it is a play purely for this year since I can't keep him next year. Yeah. But 
I've had tight end woes all season long. I needed somebody, and uh, I'm taking a shot here. Yeah, and well, and what goes even weirder is Alec traded for Kittle. Kittle gets injured, and he trades away Ertz. Yeah. What? Well, as we said last week, when he acquired Kittle, that basically made Ertz expendable. So we knew he was going to, you know, pretty much going to trade one of the two of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, last week Ertz on buy, so there wasn't any, you know, he wasn't going to start Ertz over Kittle last week. Uh, we don't know what Kittle's injury status is. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week, so yeah. bummer there. But, you know, interesting that Eric traded away an eagle. Yep, and I love the talk. Which on made me WhatsApp. It, it made me a little nervous. Like, if the Eagles fan is trading away his one of his favorite Eagles, should I be worried acquiring this guy? Of course, like it's a loaded package. Mm-hmm. Is it pooping a bag? It may be. Might be a flaming bag of dog poo. All right, uh, and then the third trade we had uh, completed yesterday between me and my opponent this week. Randrew, which always adds a, an element of intrigue, uh, traded. I traded away Jarvis Landry and I acquired Carson Wentz. And, you know, probably a lower level move. I don't know that a whole lot of people notice it. It was not even mentioned in the WhatsApp group. But, you know, a top 25 ish receiver for a top 12. I think he's the number 12th ranked quarterback right now. You know, after uh, Jared Goff's second negative point performance, as much as I love the idea of winning every time my quarterback scores negative points, I need an upgraded quarterback. And so I didn't really want to spend a lot. I've been negotiating with some different people, and I didn't want to spend any dollars in 2020. I just wanted to find out, you know, which bench guy I could trade in order to acquire a quarterback. I look at it, and you're not even starting him yet. I'm probably going to start him. Okay. The Nick Foles, it's really a Christina play to put somebody in there and get us to talk about one thing and then switch them out at the last moment. Uh, I've got Diggs on my bench, and I'm probably going to play him too. So my team is so loaded right now that I, I can't decide uh, which stud to play. Yeah. But I like, I like the idea of Wentz returning to form as well. I also like the Wentz-Ertz potential double dip uh, from here on out. Plus the Eagles have a pretty favorable yeah. schedule. So you're following my deck... Uh, Gallup double dip. Uh, something like that, yep. Yeah, but like a, a like inferior product. Because <laughs> like Dax better than Wentz, Gallup's better than Ertz. I would not agree with either one of those. Maybe <laughs> Dak over Wentz based on this season, but... And Gallup over Ertz based no, on not, this season. No, I'm not giving you Gallup over Ertz. Ertz has been surprisingly productive. Like, you haven't heard his name called a lot. I think he's got one touchdown on the year, but... You know, he's still been getting 50-ish yards every week. and Sure. Like, yes, he's got two touchdowns on the year. The week before his bye was his best week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, like, it's back. But it was also, it was also against Chicago. Uh, yeah, and so. Chicago's a good defense, so. How do you think I did? In, in the two Eagles trades. I, I definitely love the um, end goal of the double stack. Uh, and it's a tight end, which is who is targeted by his quarterback. So, or it's a quarterback who targets tight ends. 
hopefully it's your tight end and not mine. Yeah, absolutely. But, but how do you how do you think this trade puts me in the grand scheme of things? Uh, you know, within the you still the need hierarchy, a quarterback. You don't think I should be trusting Wentz? No, Is not this saying? year. Okay, not this year. Do you um, think there's anything that can be done? You can trade for Dak. Okay. <laughs> uh, like what's it like? He's even ESPN isn't trusting him. They're projecting him for thirteen points this week. I'll give you Wentz and Brian Hill for Dak Prescott. What do you say? No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Live, first live on-air trade proposal so, in podcast history. So basically, he's broken 21 points once since week one. Okay. And He's he, also faced some pretty good defenses. Detroit... The Jets, Green Bay. Green Bay's got a good defense. Dallas. Got a good defense. No. Yes, they do. No. They're top five against the pass. So, I don't know. All right. Okay, so then they're going to face Dallas again in week 16. Well, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens in week 16. None of my three quarterbacks have a particularly favorable matchup that week. Okay. Uh, but you know who does have a favorable matchup that week? Dak Prescott. Yeah. Clock is ticking. I have two and a half hours yeah. to make a play for Dak Prescott. Of course. Do you think I can acquire Dak Prescott by the end of the, of the podcast? Maybe. Okay. Like, it's up to you. <laughs> it's not up to me. It's <laughs> literally right. up to you. All right. Do you think we will see any trades in the next two and a half hours? Unlikely. Okay. Uh, I think that there's people who feel that the asking price is maybe too high. Like, one of the issues may be that the initial trades, we didn't... Like, there were the first trades happening with auction dollars, mm-hmm. the big ones. Um, and so people didn't know how much to offer. So maybe some people offered too much money. And now that market's been set at that level. So now people are more cautious for trading away auction dollars. So... I think you kind of nailed it. I, I think the first couple of trades, we weren't really sure what to do. And then maybe the Chris Godwin one was the one that set the market at 26. And then Kittle went for 26. And now all of a sudden we're all like, whoa, that seems like a lot of money. Yeah. Eric's now $52 in the hole. Well, I guess 43 since I just gave him $9. But yeah, I think there were a couple of big ones that have kind of scared people off. And now people that are selling are asking for that market price. And people that are buying are realizing that maybe those first couple trades were kind of crazy and, and overpriced. So the other weird one with this year is keepers are way overvalued this year because of the switch. Mm-hmm. Like they're super overvalued. Like you can draft someone as basically an Alvin Kamara was drafted in the sixth round and they're a $5 keeper. Yeah. The, Which is the base. It was it was a crazy equalizer because now Nick Chubb, who was only an eighth round or seventh round this year, he'd be sixth round next year if we were still in rounds. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's the minimum keeper. I mean Jarvis Landry, who I drafted in the fifth I think round. Minimum plus there needs to be that markup. Well, but. I think we've already determined it's minimum and next year we'll get the plus. So this yeah. you're right. This is kind of a the crazy Get out so, of jail free year in which all of a sudden all these guys, Devin Singletary, uh, yeah. minimum keeper, even though he was six round guy. So what that basically means is you have 
a lot of keeper value for even people who are tanking this year. Because mm-hmm. they can keep a bunch of guys for $5. Yeah. And boost their team next year. So that's why the higher asking price may be there. One interesting thing, exclusive on the podcast, was I was talking with Bake and he was sort of telling me that maybe he won't be back next year. And I'm oh boy. telling him, telling it live on the podcast to Breaking news. put some pressure on Bake oh, to come okay. back. Yeah. But it leads me to uh, our next segment of new rule of the week for yeah. me. Yeah, okay, what you got? Which is, I think that if you trade away more than X dollars of next year, I haven't quite worked down in my head what X is. I think it's 50. Okay. If at any time a trade takes you to less than $150 for next year, right? So Eric was at that point, but now has jumped back up. Yeah. You have to pay next year's league fee. Oh, okay. Pay it on the spot, basically? Yeah, like, within reason, we're all friends. Mm, and mm-hmm. so, like, within a week, like, up to uh, Christina to hound you. But uh, actually, yeah, Christina can hound you because it's basically, like, if we institute this rule and you have not paid, yeah. or you have not given your firstborn to Christina as... Um, collateral. Paper, collateral. Yeah. She will make you, uh, make you have an instant loss. Hmm. Right? And what For this... a tanker, that's probably not a huge deal. But I, I love where your head's at here. You know, try to keep people from playing for this year because they know they're not going to come back next year. Which exactly. hopefully never or happens. playing for this year and just playing for this year and not thinking about next year. Yeah. And then let's say something happens where... You get a job out of town and you don't want to stay in the league. Or something yeah. else like, you weren't doing it on purpose, but it happened. And yeah. now, how do we find a replacement for your team? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't. So, that's where my head's at. Okay. Well, I've got a totally different new rule proposal for our new rule proposal segment. Uh, kind of in the spirit of keeping people from tanking. I was thinking we should have something each week, uh, kind of a loser penalty, maybe a a high point. I know we already do the weekly prize. So maybe just whoever gets the fewest amount of points each week has to add some money to the pot, uh, which we'll say, let's give it to the winner. Um, So each week, maybe $2 uh, goes from the loser or the low point into the pot. Uh, You can just Venmo Christina and then it, you know, it builds the pot a little bit and then also... You know, it keeps people from tanking later in the year. And are you so to clarify? Yeah. Are you talking about the lowest point for the week, or all the losers? Uh, I would say lowest point, lowest single point for the week yes. has to add some money to the pot. Maybe it's maybe it's five dollars. Maybe it's two dollars. I don't know what it is, but a little something, nothing crazy, but a little something just to kind of keep people from you know, leaving their lineups blank or not really paying attention, just kind of keep the interest level up. And, you know, it's something uh, kind of fun to make fun of somebody about if they, you know, lose, if they get low point and then uh, have to spend five more dollars or or whatever it ends up being. Yep. All right. Joining us live from the Bay Area, I'm assuming it's the Bay Area, 
We got Danny. Danny, how you doing today? I'm doing good, guys. Watching a little football, drinking a little rosé. Uh-huh. Living life of a Niner fan. Classic Niner fan. Speaking of Niner <laughs> fan, uh, how'd you like that game on Monday? You know, it was a good game. It was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I honestly, probably about three weeks ago, called that the Seahawks would win that game. So I was just, I was honestly surprised at how close it was and the fact that the Niners almost won. So uh, I was I was fine with the outcome. That That is an interesting perspective. I, when you said you it was closer than you thought, I would have swore you would have said that the Niners were going to blow out the Seahawks. Uh I've been getting a lot of kind of machismo from Niners fans. Are, are you more of a realist here? I mean, obviously the Niners are good. We know that. But how far do you think the Niners can take this thing? Uh, I mean, I'm a bit of a pessimist. Oh, okay. Uh, par- partially why I thought the Seahawks would win that game. Um, and then when you look at the injuries the Niners were dealing with that made it even more likely that the Seahawks would take it home. But as far as like playoffs-wise, I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners lose in whatever ends up being their first round of the playoffs just because it's a young, untested team and they haven't been there before. So I'm kind of just taking every game this year as far as a Niner fan, uh, one game at a time, and enjoying the ride. But I don't really have any expectations. So will you fly up if it is, like, for the NFC West championship, the final game of the season, Niners are up by one game, but if Seahawks win, based on head-to-head record, we'll take the championship. Are we talking about the NFC West or the NFC? NFC West. Oh, okay. So we're talking about Week 17. What are the chances you fly up for Week 17? and see many of us uh, for the first time face-to-face? Uh, I would say zero. Oh, okay. Uh, most likely the, uh, the only thing happening in Seattle in the uh, future that'll probably get me up there is our fantasy draft. Well, oh, yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, the auction draft, which is uh, going to happen next year, we have a date, but we don't have a location or a time, but we do have a date. Uh, are you going to come up? Uh, it's still a little too far in the future to tell, but you're right. The fact that we already have the date set definitely helps, and I'd put the chances probably at about fifty-fifty. Hmm. Okay. What uh, What would you What would you do if you can't come up? Like, would you send it? You would have to send in a proxy. Yeah, would you yeah I don't know. I've in? never. I've never participated in an auction draft, so I'm not even sure exactly how they work. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure what I would do. I'd have to uh, figure something out. But, yeah, it would be interesting. So did you and Andrew have any sort of bet on the Seahawks-Niners uh, game on Monday? Uh, you know, we did not, but uh, he was quick to... Uh, uh, as you guys know, change his team name in yeah, some sort absolutely. of uh, taunting fashion. Uh-huh. And uh, when I uh, reasoned with him that, like I told you guys in the open, that uh, I wasn't surprised and that the Seahawks should be a little, I would say maybe a little bit ashamed that they almost lost to a team without four of its best players, he said I was salty enough to season a roast. <laughs> 
Okay. So a little, little classic Andrew Lee there for you. Yeah. Uh, he he doesn't have much going for him this year, so let him have the team name thing. Like, it's something. It keeps him happy. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the fantasy a little bit. Uh, how uh, has, has your season gone so far? Uh, my season ended uh, halfway through week one. <laughs> and uh, Tyreek Hill and uh, Tevin Coleman uh, left both of their first games of the season before halftime. Mm-hmm. And that it was pretty much all downhill from there. Yeah. Well, speaking of Coleman, uh, you traded him away about a week ago, which was on the heels of trading away George Kittle. What We thought you were a Niners fan, Danny. What are you doing trading away all of your 49ers? You, and you're not even replacing them with like a, you know, a Debo Samuel or Colonel Mustard. Where are you at on Colonel Mustard? I thought about Colonel Mustard, but uh, I, I just don't think he's going to get the play to really mm. make a, a difference in fantasy. But yeah, I was uh, going, coming into the season, I was pretty... Uh, Pretty against uh, trading Kittle, but once I saw how much uh, AJ got for Godwin, I was like, "Well, I could I could probably get at least in the ballpark of that for Kittle," and was able to. So I figured that was more valuable than keeping him just because I'm a fan of the team he plays for. So mm-hmm. looking towards next season. Okay. Well, uh, you know it's trade deadline day. Uh, it's been very quiet from you uh, today. Do you have anything up your sleeve uh, before midnight tonight? You know, I've got some feelers out there. Uh, I will say I had a uh, interesting uh, uh, text message uh, just moments before joining you guys. Oh. Uh, uh, a certain uh, unnamed uh, player in the league uh, offered me a quote-unquote last-chance deal for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Uh, but it, it was not quite uh, up to snuff, in my opinion. So what what was the deal? That way, like, if people are listening, they can come in and bet, uh, better that deal. Because you're not going to accept that. So we don't want to waste your time. Yeah, it was $10 for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, okay. So you got to get better than $10 is okay. what you're saying. I'll give you $11 for Patrick Indeed. Mahomes right now. What do you say? <laughs> I told AJ earlier in the podcast I was going to get Dak Prescott off him by the end of the podcast, and I've not been able to do that so far, but uh, there's still time. There you go. Still time. Fighting spirit. All right. Well, uh, what would you say has been your most successful trade, and what would you say has been your least successful trade? You're Danny the Trader. You've made somewhere in the neighborhood of 25,000 trades this year, I think. So uh, what's your <laughs> what's your best one, and what's your worst one? Oh, it's hard to remember them all. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say the very first trade was both the best and the worst. Oh, interesting. The Beckham for Brown, Singletary, and Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh Why do you? I say really it was only the worst? say it was the worst because of the backlash from. Oh, you take that in your <laughs> unnamed take that podcast. In your stride. Take it in your stride as a badge of honor. What? <laughs> no, like I, it was very similar to last year when I traded Zeke to Corey. Uh, the first round of the draft uh, hasn't quite uh, fallen the way I would like the last couple of years, and I've ended up with guys that 
I felt like I had to draft just because of where I was, but I didn't really want to draft. So, uh, and it just happens that both times Corey has been on the other end of uh, getting both Zeke and uh, Beckham. But, I mean, when you look at it just fantasy points-wise, I think I did okay. Do you feel like you got the best deal you could have? Uh, considering that was the best offer I was made, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, we'll say this. I, you're probably referring to the two of us uh, bashing you week over week, and I, I apologize. I, it's it's no hard feelings. Uh, we just we need something to talk about on this podcast. Oh, hey, uh, hey no, hey. no need to apologize. <laughs> we uh, also just... call you a genius. We also talk. Yeah. We also admit when we're wrong and go, "Hey, Danny had some insight, some killing you somewhere." Yeah. And made this play. Look, at this point in the season, I think it's fair to say that you did, in fact, win that trade. I mean, Odell has been a big bag of dicks pretty much all season. Uh, and, and John Brown's been surprised. I mean, John Brown himself has been better than Odell Beckham on a fantasy points perspective. You also got Matt Ryan, who, you know, you didn't really use a whole lot, but you're able to, you know, flip him for some pieces. And Singletary's been marginally usable. Looks like he's pretty good. Could be a keeper next year. So, you know... You you won the deal at the end of the day. Um, th- I think the whole point from our perspective was, could you have gotten more? We feel like you probably could have, but, you know, as you say, if that was the best deal on the table, then I guess, you know, that's the best you could have done. And so that's uh, the main point at the end of the day. Yeah, and hindsight's obviously always twenty twenty, But, uh, yeah, at the time, uh, I I just wasn't, wasn't getting... Uh, the type of offer you would expect for that big of a name. So I just took uh, what I considered to be the best offer on the table, and it kind of worked out, but it definitely didn't save my season. Yeah. Well, uh, that brings me to my next question, which is, are you going to make the playoffs? We, we had you dead and buried after the loser-out matchup in Week 3 against Christina. And by God, if you're not one game out of the playoffs and look like you've got a competitive team that if things fall right, you might sneak in that sixth spot. How are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling a bit like uh, Lloyd Christmas at the end of Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. I would have liked my chances a lot better if I had pulled off uh, the upset over Badger Mm -hmm. a week or two ago. That uh, that one hurt because my team actually performed well and still fell. So if I if I would have won that matchup, I would have been pretty confident of making the playoffs. Whereas now, like you said, I've got I need a lot of things to go my way. So I I don't expect to make the playoffs at this point, but we'll see what happens. Well, I think a win over Andrew this week is. Uh... Nice first step. It drops him down to five and six, and then he's got to face Corin Christina to finish out the season. So you got to like your chances finishing better than him. Uh, after that, you pretty much just need to get better than either Eric or Holtzclaw, and you got a, a two-game disadvantage to Holtzclaw. Oh, Boyd. Or me, yes. Suppose, suppose <laughs> I could probably lose one of these next few weeks. But, you know, I've got... I got AJ next week, and I'm going to win that one, obviously. And then, right. uh, you know, I got a tough matchup with Badger in week 13. But uh, 
what Boyd is trying to say is it could come down to you versus Hold Score for the final uh, playoff match. Yeah. Uh, f- playoff spot in week 13. Yeah, this will be interesting. Uh, I very much see you getting to 6-6 six and six and having maybe a winner-in matchup uh, with Holtzclaw in that final week. So we shall see. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I think aside from uh, the matchup this week against Andrew Lee, I think the matchup against Andrew Holtzclaw will be the uh, toughest one that I have left Danny, on the schedule. Danny, so. please use their correct It did very well. <laughs> please use their correct I'm names. sorry, uh, real, real Andrew and fake Andrew, or fake yeah, Andrew see, and Randrew, whatever yeah, they are Andrew, these days. Randrew, Randy, perfectly acceptable. Fanny, Fandrew. Mm, I like Fanny. <laughs> perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Fanny and Randy, all right. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, good luck uh, the rest of tonight in uh, completing a trade for Pat Mahomes <laughs> to myself or anyone else. And, uh, and good luck the rest of the season. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good luck to you as well. And uh, hope you're having a jolly old time up there in Seattle. Oh, jolly Dude. indeed. Thanks, Danny. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, let's uh, follow that lead. Let's get into the matchups. We're going to start with... The San Jose friends, Andrew Lee against Danny DeBruin. Hotly contested matchup. Uh, current projections have them 98 to 95. We've got Andrew sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, I believe he's holding on to the last playoff spot, but it's a bit tenuous uh, with his schedule coming up. He's got 4-6 and six Danny this week, but he's also missing all of his Seahawks. And we peeked mm-hmm. ahead. He's got Andrew, or sorry, he's got Corey and Christina coming up after this week. Is it unheard of that Andrew goes five and eight? Uh, he may. Like, let's see what happens with uh, this week. Because I don't think he's going to win the next two weeks. And if he wants to have a shot at making the playoffs, he needs to go six, six and seven and hope that he sneaks in. Six and seven at the very least. I mean, seven and six, you're feeling okay. If he can somehow run the table, yeah. he's getting in. Um but, you know, first things first, got to beat uh, his friend Danny here. And I don't know. This is going to be a real close one. Yeah. Starting Dwayne Haskins, who has not performed at all in the NFL. No. He's got the Jets. But, you know, he's kind of hoping on a prayer here uh, to get some points so, out of his quarterback. here's my hot take. Danny will win this without Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Like, he won't even need Mahomes. And He'll I win think... by more than Patrick Mahomes' score. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? I think I'm also going to pick Danny. I don't know that I'm going to go quite that crazy. I think it's close. Hey, for picks, it is a straight pick em, So yeah. if Danny wins. All right. I'm going to take Danny as well. Okay. Uh, his team continues to defy my expectations. Uh, I have not given him a lick of credit all year, but you know what, man? You're four and six, and you're doing something right. So uh, I think he takes down Fandrew this week, moves to five and six, inching closer and closer to that last playoff spot. Uh, all right, next up, let's go with Eric and Laura. Laura's sitting at two and eight. Uh, I think she's kind of thrown in the towel on the season, which is interesting because she's also not making any trades for next year. Hint, hint. Uh, Laura, you got about... Uh, five hours left on this trade deadline. Does, does she have your number? 
Laura does have my number, yes. Well, she had your number. How do you know she hasn't deleted it since you... Since they moved to St. Louis. Since I rudely beat her by 27 points last week? Yeah, Maybe. I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, all right, so Eric's currently got a 15-point projected advantage. Uh, Laura does have Matt Breda in her lineup, who is currently uh, not expected to play. She uh, could put in AP, so we'll give her eight more points. So maybe that's more of a seven-point advantage for Eric. So but. very smart move by Eric to... Uh, pick up the backup tight end for San Francisco, going mm-hmm. against Arizona, yeah. who's known to give up points to the tight end. Absolutely. Uh, so, I will pick Eric. I am also picking Eric. All right, let's do Bake against AJ. AJ also sitting at 2-8, and eight, not in last place, because he's scored many more points. Uh, but I believe you're 11th right now, is that right? Yeah. Are you going to get last place in this league? No. You're not going to eat wings? No. Okay. We'll see about that. Okay. Uh, I may eat wings of my own choosing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not seven alarm. All right. So currently you're projected to lose by six points. You're starting Daryl Henderson this week. Tell me about that. I'm on by. <laughs> I don't have many running There are backs. other running backs on the waiver wire, my friend. I know you missed out on Brian Hill, but that's no reason to mail it in and start Daryl Henderson Jr. this week. Okay. You just want me to beat Bake. I would love for you to beat Bake. Yeah. No, throw out. You you picked up a kicker. You're talking uh, pre-pod. This is some, some pre-podcast insight. Uh, AJ they was don't not need sure. to know how the sausage gets made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll fast forward to the port where you picked up a kicker this week, so I know you're trying. You picked up the number, I believe Josh Lambeau is the number three kicker. Maybe he's two. Uh, let's wait for my computer to load. All right. He's the eighth-ranked kicker. I was way off. But still, top ten kicker. So I know you're still trying. So why don't you, uh, why don't you throw a better running back in there? Because then you might have a chance uh, to beat Bake. Bake is still starting Zach Pascal. Uh, interesting. Uh, he doesn't have Juju in the lineup, though. You must be so happy for him that he, he finally. <laughs> why don't you? Went that why don't you direction. just keep Juju out? Like, like, like put uh, David Johnson back in. He could start Debo Samuel. It's funny that he's not starting David Johnson nor Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Kenyon Drake is the quarterback to have. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. Like, Bake is missing Tyler Lockett. He does get to start Gurley, but against the Chicago front, which is not great. I'm starting Henderson against that Chicago front. Uh, yeah, the battle of LA Ram running backs here. No. Do you think you have the running back that's going to score more points in this matchup? I think so. Okay. Uh, who do you got? Yeah, it nearly worked. I I can I can sense the gears <laughs> turning. Um, you know what? I'm gonna pick you in this matchup. I just, against my better judgment, I kind of feel like Bake's gonna win. But so why don't you pick Bake? Because I think you're gonna win. <laughs> then I, you I, don't think Bake's gonna you're, win. You're, I think Bake's got the better team, but I think you're gonna pull some garbage with like Michael Gallup or. Or, I don't know, you got Tyler Boyd going up against Oakland. Let's go with that one. Tyler Boyd goes <laughs> off this week. AJ gets the win. Okay, let's move on to Corey against Barrett. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at the projections here. They're probably not pretty, and they are not. 32-point projected advantage for Corey Duncan. Um, He's still starting Odell. Still starting Odell. Uh, yeah, is this the week that... 
Chloe gets his second loss in a row. Is the most shocking part of this whole lack of trade deadline that Corey has not made a deal in probably like two weeks? Yeah. Like, I think when he has traded he? for Madison yeah. was the last trade that he made. Corey, where are you at, man? We need some, some trade deadline sparks. <laughs> you can't go into the playoffs starting Mike Williams uh, with your backup receiver being Devontae Parker, I guess. Antonio Brown. and He's hoping for like a last minute I guess he's hoping Antonio, for Antonio Brown, Brown signing. Uh, you know, your opponent has Josh Gordon this week. Maybe you go pick up your boy Josh Gordon and uh, throw him in the starting lineup. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is the, the DJ Hammerhead Chark Jr. revenge game. Ooh. How many so, points does DJ Chark score this week? So I think Barrett will beat Corey, Do but okay. I am picking Corey. Oh, that's too bad. Because you're going to pick Corey. Uh, I probably am going to pick Corey. <laughs> and you don't want to lose any ground to me, do you? No. All right. I Not also, on a matchup like this. I will also pick Corey, although I'm with you. I think Barrett's got a chance and would love to see Barrett win. But I'll yeah. stick with Corey. Smart money's on him. So let's, uh, let's not get too crazy here. Uh, okay, well, let's get to a couple of the sexier matchups. We got six and four uh, Real Andrew against six and four me, mm-hmm. also known as Boyd. Uh, what do we think here? Uh, 105 to 80 point projected advantage right now. Of course, Will Fuller's currently projected for zero. Why is that? Is he injured or? Uh, he apparently is not going to play. He's had a hurt hamstring for a couple weeks. Again. <laughs> uh, yeah, big surprise there. Uh, he's got Cole Beasley on his bench, so he could throw Cole Beasley in the wide receiver spot. So, yeah. uh, we'll give him a projection of about 87. What do you think here? Think he's got a chance? Uh, what this will come down to is quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think that if Matt, if Nick Foles for you scores above 15 points or Matt Lyon scores below 15 points, we'll determine the match. Okay. So basically... What if I start Carson Wentz? Then uh, he wins. Then he wins. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So you should definitely start Nick Foles. Okay. And so Boyd is going to start Carson Wentz. Yeah. Again, who are they going against? The Eagles. Uh, they have New England. At home, uh, and New England just lost on the road to Baltimore. Okay. Granted, Carson Wentz is not Lamar Jackson, but maybe he's better than Lamar Jackson. Mm. Is that possible? No. Some might say likely. Uh, all right, I got myself in this matchup. Who you got? Mm, I will take... Andrew. Oh, excellent. I look forward to getting a game back on you in the standings. All right, well, let's get to the marquee matchup of the week. Uh, once again, it's the Badger train. Uh, she is not facing the top-ranked team in the league this week, but she is facing the best team in the league, Christina Bratt. 7-3 versus 7-3. Current projections, 132-92. to 92. This is a 40-point projected advantage for Christina uh, somewhat misleading because Badger does not have a quarterback in there. Yeah, so let's add in 15 points. That's still a 30-point advantage. Over 30-point, 30 35-point advantage? Uh, 25. 25 points. Sorry, mm-hmm. math is hard. Yes. Um, Badger also has not asked anyone for any trades. Like, Correct. Her team is also pretty good, though. Yeah. Well, no, no. There's two big holes. 
Quarterback and tight end. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who she matches up with. Obviously, those positions didn't matter last week. Uh, she picked up scraps on the waiver wire, got 32 points out of him. Great job. Yeah. Um, maybe Daniel Jones continues a late season resurgence. Maybe he doesn't. So she's got to get that figured out. And Ebron oh. a tight end. I mean, whatever. He scores 12 points every other week. It's not great, but uh, you like him in the weeks that he does do that. So, who so, knows? So, like, obviously, uh, we'll go. We'll start going position by position. Obviously, we have no idea no. who Badger's starting at quarterback. does not look like it's going to be Stafford. It shouldn't be Daniel Jones because he's on bye. So, at this point, we've got to give Christina the advantage of Derek Carr over anybody available mm-hmm. on the waiver wire. Yep. Uh, running backs, and we'll go ahead and throw Flex into this as well since they're both starting a third running back. we got Kamara, Fournette, and Gordon for Christina. McCaffrey, Ronald Jones, Kareem Hunt for Badger. I, weirdly enough, I'm going to give it to Badger. I was going to say, this is sneakily closer than one might think at first glance. I mean, McCaffrey and anybody is a pretty good set of running backs. And Ronald Jones has been playing more lately. He's been scoring more. Kareem Hunt has been surprisingly involved in that offense this early. Yeah. One could say the number one running back in Cleveland. One could say those words, but one would not be truthful if one said those words. All right. Um, I think it's close. I think I'd probably still give the edge to Christina. There's just too much track record to ignore on that side, although I do like the potential of Badgers running backs. Okay. Wide receivers, we got Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill for Christina, Julian Edelman, Amari Cooper, for Badger. Edelman isn't what he was last year. But Cooper Cooper may be back, especially against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, Thomas and Hill, give it to Christina. I would agree. Uh, most of those points. I mean, Cooper's probably the third best receiver. I think I, think I rank them Thomas, Hill, Cooper, Edelman. But Cooper's close. Mm-hmm. You know, if Tyreek uh, doesn't get the big play, maybe he goes four for 40, no touchdowns. That wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. And, and Amari's good. Uh, tight end, we got Hunter Henry against Eric Ebron. Uh, this has got to be Hunter Henry. I love yeah. Hunter Henry. Well, is there a tight end controversy happening on Christina's team? Dallin Waller is not, in the, not on the team, on the bench. Well, it's interesting in the lineup, because we have heard from her earlier in the season that Darren Waller is definitely her starting tight end for the rest of the season. And that has not proven uh, to yeah. be true. You know, maybe her Chargers love has taken over. Maybe she's, uh, you know, more rational about things and seeing the downward turn in Waller's career. Mm-hmm. Is it... Are you regretting that trade less, the Waller trade, uh, with his recent production? Or are you still regretting giving him up? I'm regretting when I gave him up. Yeah. Because okay. I think if I'd held on to him a week longer, I would have got someone really good. Mm-hmm. And not Deshaun Jackson. And potentially got Mike Scott. And potentially won some more games and no, not no. had to trade away players. No, because I would have started Andrew. Oh, okay. Like, I would have started Andrew the week I traded him away. Mm-hmm. And Andrew did, like, just as good. And then the week after, it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's still... You're referring to 2019 George Kittle. Yes. 
by the way, our board bet on that, I believe you are winning. I believe I'm winning. Mark Andrews is having I a better season. Most of our board bets. Oh, I don't know about that. Let's quick segue to the board <laughs> bets right now. Um, give me a second to scroll here. All right. So starting with that one, I do believe you have that. That is after week three. Yeah. Andrews hasn't been fantastic, but he's still been pretty good. Uh, Sanders versus Sutton rest of the season. That was from week five on. And I am winning that one. That is tight, though. It's not as tight as you are thinking it is. Sutton has, I believe it was 62, and Sanders 48. That's tight. <laughs> That's 14 points. It's a decent gap is what It I'm is saying. short. Uh, so I'm leading that one. Uh, you claimed Godwin would be a top six wide receiver at the end of the season. I said not. Uh, he currently has a 18-point lead over seventh as of this writing, which is not bad. 18 points can easily be made up. If you're saying, if you're saying 14, Sanders versus Sutton 14. is tight, then I'm saying that's tight. He's, so, he's also fifth. He's not even sixth, by the way. Godwin? Godwin's yeah. currently fourth. Fourth, sorry. Yes. So there's a couple of people that also so have seventh to keep place, up. Seventh place is Kenny Galladay, my boy. Yeah. He goes off this week. So Kenny then... Galladay needs to come up. Uh-huh. And fifth, sixth also have to beat what Godwin's doing. Sure. And they will. Okay. They're Cooper Cup and uh, I can't remember who the other guy is. All right. Uh, we also had Nick Chubb more points. Or either Aaron Jones or Devontae Freeman. Uh, currently, Jones is leading Chubb. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, it says 30 here, but I don't think that's right. It's more. But what's funny <laughs> more now. is uh, I now own Aaron Jones, and so I'm rooting for both of them. Really, I don't care if I lose this bet. Because okay. w- win, or, win or lose, I've got both guys, and they're okay. both fantastic. So uh, you appear to be leading three out of the four so far. But uh, we also had a board bet. Who does Corey drop? I believe that was week seven because uh, he had his kicker on by. Uh, neither one. So that is a push. Yeah. He did not drop a single player for a kicker, and he still won. Uh, and then I believe in week eight, you thought you would lose by less than 32 to Corey, and you lost by 36. Sure. So you were That shouldn't even be a big board three, bet. Three, two, was and like one. That was a one week. You, you claimed it, and... Yeah, but that is... And I called it, That's so. No, you called it because you thought, oh, here's an easy one that I can win. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not a board bet because board bets are over multiple weeks. You... No, that is not true. We had board bets last week in which... Or last year, in which you claimed, you know, player X would score more than player Y and Z combined, and I took Y and Z and I won, so... Okay. So, so we'll see how those go. Note the to future AJ, always make bets over multiple weeks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, back to the marquee matchup. Sorry for that segue, but it was highly entertaining for me. Uh, kickers and defense. Uh, surprisingly, uh, we've got something to talk about here. We got Niner D for Christina, and we got Raven D for Badger. Raven D's been pretty good. Mm. Niner's D has been really good. Kickers. Oh, so. Wait, before you do that... Before I talk about kickers, sure, okay. Christina has Kyle Mali on her bench. Uh-huh. Who would you start, Kyle Mali or Derek Carr? Or Philip Rivers. Sure. Also got Philip Rivers. Sure, against KC. Yeah. I would technically probably start Philip Rivers against KC. I'd probably but, go Derek Carr. I like the matchup there. I mean, San Francisco, even though... Yeah, even though San Francisco uh, gave up points to Kyler Murray last time they mm-hmm. played him... This is now in San Francisco, you know, second game. They got a little feel for him. They got some tape on him. Yeah, but they got banged up. 
They're a Seahawks. little banged up. Yeah. Pounded. Well, that's what happens when you play the Seahawks is you lose. Yes. And you, you lose dudes like Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> See, that's the, the hidden part of that deal is I knew I was betting against a guy who always gets hurt. So even if Sutton yeah. isn't fantastic, he's still going to stay on the I field. I heard Emmanuel Sanders produce. was learning today. so That's great for him. I have no hard feelings against Emmanuel Sanders. Manny, you know I love you. Had you for years. Uh, it's just Not business. really. I've had him for years. Uh, this is at least the <laughs> second time I've owned him, which quantifies years based on uh, the English language. Okay. All right. So who you got? Overall, I've got Christina. We seem to have liked Christina's players all the way down the board. You kind of like Badgers running backs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this one's tough for me because I really want to pick the Badger train. This would be a second pretty massive upset in a row, uh, especially since I have no idea who she's going to start at quarterback. I guess I have some idea. There's like five guys in the way where. But I'm going to go with Christina as well. Uh, I'm scared of her team. I'm just going to say it. She's got the best team in the league. I don't think I can beat her if her players are performing at their best. At this point, I'm just hoping that she has a bad week. I'm hoping somebody else knocks her out, so I don't have the pressure of having to knock her out. But, uh, you know, assuming she's not in it, I like my team uh, versus pretty much anybody else in the league. Okay. So uh, there we have it for the matchup. Thanks to Danny for calling in. And... Uh, if for if nothing else, uh, see you next week. Bye for now.